This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I am your host, William Jackson, and I'm so excited for another opportunity to live, learn, and grow together. I don't know about you, but I've been excited about jumping into this monthly series talking about relationships, how we connect with one another, because we were created for relationship. No man or woman is an island unto themselves. And even though we have oftentimes every excuse to withdraw or to do it on our own or to say the infamous, quote unquote, I got it, quote unquote, I'm good. The truth is we need each other. And I'm excited about today's episode. Today, we're going to dive a little deeper into the aspect of how we are able to connect with one another and what may be a large barrier for us being able to connect in the space where we have an authentic opportunity to connect on a deeper level. I don't know about you, but I am over shallow experiences. I need some depth. I need substance. I need something that's going to stick. It's the difference between when you're hungry and you drink water and you have a meal. Now, while they say, especially in the middle of the night, you should just drink water and that'll fill you up. You don't really get full off of water. It may fill up some space. But I still need some steak and potatoes. I need something. I need something that's going to stick to me, that's going to make me feel like I am full. And the best place to be is when you can feel like you are full on love. It's a crazy space that we live in and we don't have an opportunity to really dive deep into the aspect of relationships. So what's the main barrier? What's the main barrier? We're just going to dive right in. We're going to go right into this barrier that keeps us from connecting. We've talked about this on a few different episodes, but we're going to come at it from a different angle. The main barrier that keeps us from connecting with one another is vulnerability. (sighs) Oh, he said the V word. Vulnerability. Man, this is this is one of those areas that literally trip up a lot of people because oftentimes when we go into relationships, especially in the beginning, everybody wants to appear strong. Everybody wants to look like they have it all together. Everybody is presenting their representative. Everybody is trying to put their best foot forward. No one just jumps right in on a first date and starts pouring out all of their deepest, darkest fears, their hurts and all of the things that they've been carrying. I wouldn't suggest that. I wouldn't suggest that a conversation starter for the first date would be childhood trauma. I I don't know if that will yield a second date. How be ever. I think that the earlier that we have a space to be vulnerable, then the less likely we are 
to create a cyclical nature of internalization. If we are able to be vulnerable earlier and often, we don't have to hold on to the idea that we have to maintain appearance. It's often very difficult to rewrite the culture of a relationship. And in the first few months where you're getting to know each other, when the first, even the first few years, especially in marriage, you're learning how you all operate. And in the essence of how we love, oftentimes we're trying to be the best version of ourselves in relationship. And that's, it's a good thing to do, to be in a space where you're trying to put your best foot forward. However, once you lock in a culture, of who you are in relationship, it is very difficult to rewrite the culture. And oftentimes one of the main things to be left out of the culture of relationship is vulnerability. When you think about the aspect of how we connect with one another, it's very imperative to understand that whether it be intentional or unintentional, When vulnerability is left off the list, we create these silos and relationships. Then we create these internal places of escape where we retreat to deal with our issues on our own. Vulnerability is not the easiest thing to step into. It normally takes time to develop a lot of times. There's space for vulnerability when there is a significant event or a traumatic experience that takes place while you all are together. When you share tough times, it makes it easier to be vulnerable about the times that you've gone through because both of you have a point of reference. But what do you do when you come into a space, into a relationship, when you are carrying things that you've been holding on to that no one knows about? What do you do when you walk into a space in where you are connecting with one another and you are now trying to build a life on the basis of the version of yourself that you have created and adopted that is as a result of the place that you came out of when you endured the trauma? The person that you became after the hurt. The person that you became after the trauma, the person that you became after the betrayal. What happens when that person is the only version that people get to see, meet and connect with? Now, people may see you as a pillar of strength. They may see you as someone who has the ability to push through and to take it and to understand that you you are the one that people can rely on. And everybody wants to be the person that can be counted on. And you're the person that people come to with their issues. And you're the person that's always there to help one another or, or someone else. When you, You're the person who's always there to be the support system. But what happens When you've taken on that supportive role for so long that you've lost the true essence of who you are and what you need. Vulnerability is key in maintaining a place of healthy interaction in relationships. 
It is vital. It is necessary. And we're going to talk about some of the main reasons why it's hard for people to step into a place of vulnerability. Because we highlight all of the great things that we see about people. And for some reason, vulnerability is one of those things that gets on the naughty list. We equate vulnerability with a lack of strength. Especially as a man, if a man is too vulnerable, he often gets the label or the tag soft. If we're ever in a space where we really understand that vulnerability is really the greatest expression of strength. Of being in a space to say, I am strong enough to expose the things that I'm carrying and create an opportunity for you to step into your rightful place in my life. Because the true essence of relationship is not to be one sided. It's not for you to fulfill the desires and the dreams of everyone else and not have that reciprocated in your life. Relationship is the cooperative aspect of me supporting you, you supporting me. If I'm putting you first and you're putting me first, then we are always in a healthy space. So how do we get to a space where we're able to be vulnerable? What are the things that keep us from opening up and being emotionally exposed? Now, hear me. I'm not saying that you should be vulnerable and expose the depths of who you are to just anybody. But if you have made the decision to do life with someone, whether it be your friend that you've known for 10, 15 years, or if you decide to get married, if you decide to do life with someone. There has to be a level of vulnerability for you to have a true, authentic deep connection because if I can't be vulnerable in this relationship, the truth is I can't really be myself that you only are experiencing a version of me that best suits your needs. And nobody should live in a space where they are unable to be their authentic selves. So what gets in our way? Let's talk about it. Let's dive into the truth of what prevents us from being vulnerable. Take a deep breath <laughs> and let's get after it. Vulnerability. Why is it so hard? One of the main reasons that it's hard for people to be vulnerable is because we go through life with a lack of exposure. Exposure is one of those things that can literally affect everything. Oftentimes we repeat what we see and we repeat what we don't see. <laughs> what does that mean? Is that if I see it, I am more prone to do what I see. And if I don't see it, I am more prone to not do it at all. So many people grow up in their houses, in their homes, and in their lives in a space where they haven't been exposed. You haven't been a space where you saw people emotionally express themselves in a healthy way. It's, it's very nuanced to be in a space where you can actually go back in your mind and picture healthy conflict resolution because most people are not taught it. <laughs> 
So if they are not taught the essence of vulnerability, then what happens is that they pass down the nature of internalizing and holding stuff in from generation to generation to generation. When you really stop and think, has there been a space where you experienced healthy conflict resolution where people were able to express their feelings in an open and honest way without being judged, without being snapped at, without being made fun of? Even siblings, when you go back and think about your siblings, if something happened and someone's hurt or they got scared about something, nine times out of 10, a sibling will turn that into an opportunity to laugh or create a joke or make fun. And what does that tell you at an early age? That being vulnerable is not a good space to be in. Most people were not exposed to parents who not just handle conflict well, but modeled healthy conflict resolution in front of their children. Being in a space where you're having a tough conversation and your child is able to see you actually communicate through the problem. Most times parents say, well, we'll talk about this when the kids go to bed. Well, you know what? Well, let's deal with this after You know, we put the kids down or when we're alone or when they go to school. And I understand. I understand. There are times where my wife and I, we say, you know what, let's just we'll talk about this later because, you know, our son is very much an empath of he feels the atmosphere and he knows and he can see and understand when things shift. But then there are times where we do, we have these conversations where we're talking about things where we may be going through or things that we may be facing because it's healthy for him to see that we're going to talk about things that we're going through in a way that you can see, that you can express yourself, that you can say how you're feeling in a constructive way. When you really think about the first time that you were in a space where you could really expose your feelings, how old were you? The first time that you really felt like you could speak and stand up for yourself or say something that you felt without being judged or say something that you were dealing with without being told to be quiet or that's not the right way of thinking or feeling or that's stupid or that's dumb. How old were you when you were finally in a space where I could finally express my feelings the way that I felt them? I can probably bet that the first time if you hadn't experienced that at an early age or if you were not exposed to it, the first time that you did it, it didn't come out right. There was probably a little bit too much emotion because you hadn't had the practice of actually being vulnerable. So when you started to talk about your feelings, it came out jumbled. You might have said things like, I'm not explaining this right. This isn't coming out right because we didn't really get a lot of practice on how to express emotions in a healthy, vulnerable way. One of the main reasons. That is hard for people to be vulnerable in relationships is because they weren't exposed to it. They weren't exposed to places where you were saying, hey, okay, let's talk through this. Tell me how you're feeling. 
and having the safe space to say, okay, after you say that, now we'll have a discussion about it, but I'm going to validate your feelings. I understand how you feel and how you feel is okay. Because the truth is everyone is entitled to how they feel. How you feel is how you feel. We can't even get to what's right, what's wrong, what's factual until we first address how we feel about it. The feelings are the the bridge to get us from one side of truth to the other. So we got to get to the place where we're able to cross the bridge. Most people are not able to be vulnerable because we weren't exposed. What's another reason why people are unable to be vulnerable in this day and age is because a lot of people have a misunderstanding of what strength looks like. People have a misunderstanding of what strength looks like. Because a lot of us weren't exposed, we grew up believing that strength was not showing emotion. That strength was being able to take it, to being able to handle it. Being able to walk in a level of confidence and not show that you were hurting and not let them see you sweat. Never let them see you sweat. But if you're sweating, (laughs) what's the problem? People grew up with a misunderstanding that strength and silence were synonymous. Believing that you were strong If you could suffer in silence, I can take it. I'm good. I can't tell you how many times I said that. I'm good. Knowing good and well, I was not. (laughs) But something inside of me did not create a space for me to be able to talk about how I was feeling. So we get to that place where we realize that we misunderstand what strength looks like. And then we start holding things in and we start taking on more and more and more because we start associating how strong we are with how much we can take, how much we can endure, how much pressure can we be under, how much stress can we be under and still be effective. It almost becomes an internal challenge for ourselves to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to go past my breaking point. And I'm an advocate for this in the gym, right? When you're working out, you have to put yourself under a level of pressure where you're able to develop and tear down the muscle fiber so you can rebuild a greater level of strength. However, when you're looking at emotionally, mentally, spiritually, the more you put pressure on yourself and you allow things to tear down the internal aspects of who you are, when you try to rebuild it, what happens is that the difference is in a gym, in a workout, you can stop the workout. That there is a time where you can stop and leave, but you cannot stop and leave and check out of life. So if we keep taking things in, oftentimes there is no reprieve. There is no time out to life. So we'll keep taking things and we'll keep taking it and we'll keep taking it and it won't stop. And what happens is it gets heavier and it gets heavier and then you feel broken and you feel lost and you feel empty and it pushes you deeper into that hole. Because we think that I'm strong if I can take it. So what's another one? 
What's another reason that keeps us from really being vulnerable? Now, this one is one that I struggled with a lot. And I thought that it made sense. I didn't want to be a burden to someone else. A lot of times I kept in the things that I was facing and dealing with because I didn't want to be a burden to someone else. Because I already knew that people had their own issues, their own struggles. They were facing their own problems. Why would I be in a space where I am pouring on and and adding to the weight that someone else is already carrying? So I'll just tuck it away. Because I don't want to be in a space where I am adding to your pain, to your stress, to your frustration. Because you already have stuff to worry about. Why would I put you in a place where now you have to worry about me? We don't want to be a burden. You have a good heart and you consider other people's feelings before you consider your own. Or you say, you know what? I'll just deal with it. Because I know that if I share it, then they're going to carry it. They're going to hold on to it. They're going to try to figure out a way to help me. And it becomes now their burden. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just push through this. I feel like I can take it. I can, I can hold on. I can do what's necessary for me to thrive and succeed. I just, I just got to hold on. I just got to keep pushing. We don't want to be a burden to someone else. And what's, what's the last reason I'll share with you today? Why is it so hard to be vulnerable? If we are really, 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 we break it down. We're really, really honest. Really, really honest. In a lot of times, in a lot of spaces, and in a lot of relationships, we are not vulnerable because we don't feel safe. I know. I know. I could hear it. No, 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 that's it. But when you really break it down, we don't feel safe. You don't feel safe enough to open yourself up to be completely exposed. Maybe life has taught you that you have to protect yourself. Maybe you, you exposed yourself once and or twice or you were vulnerable in very deep places. And it was used against you or it set you up for failure or it put you in a place where you were even hurt more than you were before you even exposed yourself. Because that's the risk of vulnerability is that once you expose yourself and you open yourself up, you run the risk of being hurt deep. Because the things that we are vulnerable with are oftentimes the things that we hold close to the chest. Those are the deep thoughts, the deep fears, the deep pains. And when you expose the depths of your heart, your mind and your soul. And that moment is not treated properly. Man. It is hard to recover from that space. Because that wound, that scar. Whatever took place, 
that thing, it sticks with you. And you're in a space where you're like, you know what? It's just, I can't bring myself to do it again. And I understand. Here's the truth. I understand all of these. I understand all of these reasons. But can I tell you that even though these may be valid reasons, this is not the life that you were created to live. I can understand growing up in a house or in a home or in a family or in a community where you weren't exposed to vulnerability. You know, oftentimes people have the mantra of what happens in this house stays in this house. Have you ever heard that one? We don't talk about what's going on. What happens in this house stays in this house. But the issue is, is what's happening in this house is that nobody is talking about what's happening in this house. We say we're going to keep what's happening in this house. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about what's happening in this house. But if we don't talk about it externally and we don't talk about it internally, when are we ever going to talk about it? So we're in this place where we're not exposed and I understand it. But the truth of the matter is, is that there comes a point in time in life where you realize that even the things you weren't exposed to are not reason enough for you to operate from a deficit. If you weren't exposed to how to handle money, if you weren't exposed to how to prioritize your health, if you weren't exposed to how to live peaceably, if you weren't exposed to how to be vulnerable, I understand. But just because you weren't exposed doesn't give you a get out of jail free card. At some point in time, as we grow, we have to take it upon ourselves to learn and develop in the areas that we may not have been exposed to. I'll be very honest with you. There's a lot of things that I wasn't exposed to. There were a lot of things that I may not have seen. But what happened is that one day I realized that I want to be the best version of myself. And becoming the best version of myself is me being intentional about becoming an extensive learner. If I want to be the best possible husband I have to become a learner of what healthy husbands do if I want to be the best possible father then I need to do research I need to figure out who has done it right I need to be a learner I need to be a student Because even if I wasn't exposed to certain things, that is not an excuse for me to repeat the cycle. At some point in time, we get to the place where we say, you know what? The buck stops here. No more. Never again. But that happens when we say, I'm going to learn everything I can about what I need to do and who I need to be.
So even if you weren't exposed about vulnerability, you have opportunities like this podcast, for instance, (laughs) to learn how to express your feelings. I think I'm going to do an episode solely based on how to have crucial conversations. How to talk through conflict, what things to say, what things not to say, how to express your feelings in a healthy way. I think I might do that. Because even if we weren't exposed, we still have a responsibility. That's if we want to be the best version of ourselves. I understand that we all may have a misunderstanding of what strength looks like. Especially in this day and age. With the rise of social media, everything appears perfect. Everything. Everybody seems to have it all together. Everybody seems to be at the top of their game. Everybody relationship seems to be just total bliss. So we have a misunderstanding of what strength looks like. Because we see 30 seconds of a photoshopped opportunity of a staged moment and we walk away thinking that that's what it takes or that's what strength looks like when people tell you you just gotta push through and you gotta you gotta keep going and you do and you hear the messages of never give up and I agree but what they also don't tell you is that even in the midst of you pushing through you gotta take time to open up Because if you push through, imagine trying to climb a mountain without breathing. If someone says, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. But I'm going to do it while I'm holding my breath. Everybody would look at them and say, that is suicide. For you to say you're going to climb Mount Everest not breathing when the air pressure is already very hard. It's already hard to breathe. There is no opportunity to even take a deep breath when you get up high altitude and you're say you're going to start from the bottom holding your breath. Nobody would advise you to do that. But that's how we are venturing into emotional states of relationship. Is I'm going to hold it in. That's how I'm going to prove that I'm strong. I'm going to hold it in. Holding in your emotions. Holding in the things that you're dealing with. Holding in the things that you're facing. Is literally like climbing a mountain. Holding your breath. You may get a few steps. And with holding in emotions. You may get a few years. But eventually it will start to affect you. Eventually it will eat away on the inside of you. Having a misunderstanding of what strength looks like will put us in a state where we are perpetually putting a false representation of emotional strength and fortitude. Being strong enough to endure is one thing. Suffering in silence, that's a completely different thing. We all need each other. It is the greatest act of strength for you to be willing to lean on someone else. 
one of the greatest acts of strength that you could have or express is you being willing to open yourself up and trust. It is easy. It's easy to just hold it in and just say, you know what? I'm going to do it on my own. It's easy to try to go through life and not lean on anybody or not need anybody. It's a lonely life, but it's easy. Because you minimize your risk. It takes strength to say, I can't do it alone. I need your help. It takes strength. Real strength is the ability to lean and rely on someone. And trust them with the fullness of who you are. Because if I can be vulnerable with the depths of who I am, do you really know me? Or do you just know the version of me that I've presented? Oftentimes we don't want to be a burden. I get it. You got a good heart and you care about people. And you don't want to put undue pressure on someone else because they're already carrying a lot. Here's the truth. You not wanting to be a burden will end up causing a burden anyway. How can I say that? Because the more you hold in, the more you internalize, the more you'll get to a space where you are now dying and decaying on the inside. Where you are now eroding internally. And the more you go through in that space of trying to hold it all in, the more you do that, the version of you that ends up showing up is a half or a fraction of who you are. I used to think that you know, people couldn't tell when I was dealing with certain things, but the people who are truly invested in you, they see it. You're not yourself. Your interactions are not the same. You can't even be fully present when you're full up with all of the things that you're carrying. You can't be fully present in your marriage. You can't be fully present with your kids. And I get it. Life happens. But when it does, we have to lean on each other. You have to be able to say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with, and I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but I do want you to know where I am so you have an understanding of how we can interact moving forward or how you can support me or how I can support you. When we're in that space where I'm saying, hey, I'm going to be open and honest about who I am, where I am, then that gives me a space to be operating on level playing field. We all know where each other actually is. So many times we're emotionally playing hide and go seek. Well, today I may show a version of you, but tomorrow, see if you can find me. See, emotionally, see, see if you can find me. Because I don't want to be a burden. But I'm holding it in and now guess what? It's affecting my tone. I'm holding it in and guess what? Now it's affecting how I'm interacting. I'm holding it in and guess what? Now it's affecting how we connect. 
because I'm a fraction of myself. And you can never be fully present when you are a fraction of yourself. So we think we don't want to be a burden and we end up becoming a greater burden. Because we try to mask it. And oftentimes the process of trying to mask it then looks like you're purposely excluding your partner. Which makes them feel like you're not in this together. And then a lot of times the truth is we don't feel safe. And if you don't feel safe, you have to ask yourself why. Do I not feel safe because of just where I am? Or is there real true reason for me not to feel safe? Because if I don't feel safe and I'm not safe, it behooves me to take inventory of how I can become safe. Because if this is not a safe space and I can't really truly be my full authentic self then I am creating an opportunity for the person that I am unsafe with to one day hurt me in a way that may be intentional or unintentional. But if I am not safe, and this is a place where I can actually be safe, then it behooves me to start going through the process of talking through the feelings of why I don't feel like I can open up. You should have that conversation. You say, hey, on a scale of one to 10, how comfortable are you talking to me about the deepest, darkest things that you face? On a scale of one to 10. If you were dealing with something that was life changing. How comfortable do you feel about expressing that to me? And be honest. If you are in a space where you're saying, I'm probably a three or four, that's not a safe space. Question is, why? Have they proven to you that this isn't a safe space? Have you seen them over time as to how they handle things? Or do you not feel safe because maybe you're you are imposing upon them or projecting on them the issues that someone else caused? We got to be honest. Because we got to move past just loving the way someone feels or loving the way someone thinks. Or loving the way someone dresses or we love all of the good things. But real love is is when we get to the place where we're not just loving the good things. We're not just loving the pretty things. But we're loving the deep, the dark, the ugly, the uncomfortable things. Because we are not just one sided human beings where we're all dressed up and we're all perfect. There are pieces and places in our heart and our mind. And all of us that are deep, that are dark and that are hard to bear. And when we can get to a space where we can move past just saying, I love the way you look. I love the way you smell. And we start saying things like. I love the way you cry. Imagine telling someone, you know, I love the way you cry. Because when you're vulnerable and you express yourself. That's when we connect on the deepest level. 
it goes beyond what's superficial. It goes beyond the things that are on the surface. When I love the way you cry, I, I love being able to get down in the dark spaces and let you know that I'm here. To let you know that I see you. To let you know that you are not alone. I love the way you cry. Because when you cry, I can be there to wipe your tears. That is vulnerability. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring. Before you go, like and share the show, subscribe to it, leave us a comment, rate us, and review us on all podcast platforms. Your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time.